Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. And today, our topic, thank you for asking, is sexual brokenness. So it's going to be a very interesting hour. And I'm going to always invite you at any point to text in any questions or comments you have because this will be uh, an interesting hour. And I don't believe there's any words necessarily that you're going to hear that would need to be uh, protected from younger ears. Is that sound about right? Yeah. So I don't think there's any concerns in that category, but we are. Uh, talking about sexual brokenness. There's certainly uh, all kinds of uh, issues in a dark and and, bro- and fallen world. There's uh, people who struggle with all kinds of issues. And today I've got Pastor Chris Asmus, who's going to uh, be my guest and shepherd us through this hour. And I'm looking forward to a, hearing his story and also inviting him onto the show. And I know he'll be uh, so willing to answer any questions that come in as well. So I'm just going to give you the number in advance even though you probably know it by heart, probably uh, in your speed dialer, and that's 877-933-2484. Chris has taken a big hit of water, and now he's ready. Hello, Chris. Hi. Thanks for having me. (laughs) It's so nice to meet you. You're from, uh, you do a lot of writing at Desiring God, and I'm such a big fan of Desiring God folk, Um, and uh, that's where I first saw this article that caught my attention, and I said, I want to get Chris on the show. And you said, yes, so here you are. I'm so blessed to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, and you're probably standing in agreement that there is a lot of sexual brokenness in our world today. Yeah, it is maybe the defining um, sin that is grabbed the culture in this day today, not only to be tolerated, but to be celebrated. Yeah. And so Christians need to have a good, clear understanding of what God has to say about it. Yeah. I have a, a regular guest on monthly, and he is. Um, he says money, sex, and power. Those are the three things that that, that cause every crime in the world. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You know, and and certainly uh, sex is one of those things that, uh, when it gets distorted through uh, Satan's lies and deceptions, it is uh, more problematic than anything. Yeah, it's just really terrible. Yeah. So anyway, um, having said that. Uh, I want to get to know you a little bit and hear your story. And I know uh, after reading this article in Desiring God, um, I could tell my audience about you, but I'm going to let you do it yourself. Yeah. Well, I often say I'm, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a pastor. And as long as I can remember, I've experienced same-sex attractions. Um, although I've been physically and romantically attracted to women my entire life, I have also never been without a deep emotional and even sexual attraction to men. Mm-hmm. Does this start like in like puberty kind of thing? Like yeah. Shortly high school? Even before then. Okay. Um, when I was about six or seven years old, um, a neighborhood boy, and I'll keep this appropriate sure. for the radio, yeah. but a neighborhood boy um, assaulted me. Okay. And that turned into about 20 or 30 occurrences. Wow. And taking that experience and then mixing that with indwelling sin. Sure. 
as I moved into purity, I was not only sexually broken, but extremely sexually confused. Mm. And why wouldn't you be? Exactly. Oh my. And then how, what language do you have to process any of this? Well, there's six. Exactly. And as I grew in, into adolescence and teenage years, um, you know, the, the culture would like to label someone like me as bisexual, mm-hmm. but I believe that Jesus has spoken a better word. The, the overarching sexual ethic of our day is I feel, therefore I am. Isn't that the truth? Yeah, we, we, we see this clearly with the conversations around gender identity and gender fluidity, uh, proponents of a gender spectrum and non-binary gender categories. They all suggest that if someone feels contrary to their biological sex, they belong in a category that correlates best with those feelings. And Chris, why can't we just go through a phase where you feel awkward about your body? Because hasn't everyone listening right now gone through that? Exactly. Where you you just feel like uh, the next kid in the grade above you is is so much more advanced uh, physically than you are, and you go, "What? I just feel inadequate." Yeah. Or there's there's girls that obviously you know develop differently at different ages and stages of life, and other you know. You compare yourself and you go, how am I measuring up? And at some point you're going to feel either behind or ahead, or you're going to feel a little out of sorts. Yeah, exactly. And and so now we hear, you know, statements like, and these are cultural mantras, you know, love is love and just be yourself or stop hiding your feelings and and embrace who you really are. These statements uh, say your sexual desires define you. Yeah. I mean, wow, are we giving weight and gravitas if your desires determine your definition? Yeah. Your sexual desires are who you really are at the at the truest core of yourself. That's a dangerous place. I agree. I had do- uh, Dr. Christopher Yuan on uh, a while back and uh, he um, said, my sexual orientation is about 14th on my list of how I identify myself. Yes, well said. You know, I start with, you know, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And right around 13 or 14, oh, I'm also same-sex attracted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I, I don't even like to use the, the language of I'm a same-sex attracted Christian mm-hmm. because that's, the, that's identity language. I yeah. like to say I'm a Christian who struggles with same-sex attraction. Okay, that's fair. Um, you know, the, the Bible, so instead of I feel, therefore I am, I think the Bible says, I feel, therefore I need, right? Say more about that, Chris. Yeah. Well, as a result of the fall, our, our hearts are out of order. They are, they are dark and depraved. Instead of loving light and hating darkness, we love darkness and we hate the light. That's John three nineteen. Yeah, that's a so- solid uh, reminder. Yeah, to and all so of us. as we fall more and more in love with darkness, we we sin and we choose the way of death. And so, in short, being human in a fallen world means being attracted to things that are contrary to human flourishing, things that oppose God's good plan and lead to death. And so, we all feel those attractions. Yeah. We are all drawn to sin. Therefore, we all need a savior. Yeah, so well said. Um, Pastor Chris Asmus is my uh, my guest. We're talking about uh, sexual brokenness today. And if you uh, have a question for Chris, uh, please text it over 877-933-2484. 
hate for. Maybe you have someone in your life that um, has recently said, I'm same-sex attracted, and that's been shocking news. Yeah. Yeah. It, it can be uh, shocking news. And, and yet, we are all sexually broken. I like to say the earth is flat. Romans 3, 23, for all have fallen short of mm-hmm. the glory of God. No one is righteous. No, not no one. No, not one. No, not exactly. one. Yeah. Thank you for correcting me on that. No, that's, that's yeah. exactly right. First day with my new tongue. So, <laughs> appreciate that. Yes. So, I, I have found um, that there are, there are certain promises mm-hmm. that just fuel my daily fight against sexual brokenness. Yeah. Talk about the feelings though. This is what drives everybody is my feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Which are um, the least trustworthy things in my life. So true. They go up, they go down, uh, can be related to your stress, if you're tired, if you're hungry. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to let these things actually define who I am as a human, um, again, God has spoken a better word. Yeah. Chris, do you know that acronym HALT? You know, you've heard that before. I don't it's, know. It's kind of big in the recovery room. Yeah. Recovery rooms, uh, people with drugs and alcohol is HALT is an acronym for hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Yeah. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. So we're going to find ourselves, uh, we're going to fall ease, more easily into our brokenness. That's right. When we're ever in that situation. That's right. Yeah. And, and when we do fall, it's so good to never waste a fall. Mm, say more about that. Well, say you, you cross a line or you do something you promise yourself you would never do again. Um, allow that to be a teaching moment. Before you just move on, don't waste that fall. Think back. Was I hungry? Was I lonely? Was I tired? Was I stressed? And that's going to actually help us go, okay, so the battle isn't eight o'clock right before the computer. Okay, now we're crossing the line. The battle was way sooner. Mm-hmm. The battle was when you were driving home and you were stressed and, we, and you didn't pray. Yeah. Or when you um, said no to hanging out with that guy from church, mm-hmm. that would have been such good community for you. Right. So the, the battle is so much further upfield than, than the actual moment of temptation. Mm-hmm. You live in delusion though, because you're driving home thinking what you're thinking. That's right. And you're not praying and being intentional and, and going to, to battle in yeah. advance of eight o'clock computer time. That's right. Okay. That's right. So good. So um, one of what I have found, which has been extremely helpful in my fight against sexual, uh, same-sex attraction and all sexual brokenness is, you know, sexual sin especially can cause such feelings of shame and embarrassment. Uh, we, we sense the perversion of our contorted wants and desires. And as a result, we feel too dirty to be in community with others, certainly too dirty to be in communion with God. And Romans 8.1, if you are a listener and if you don't know Romans 8.1, I just want to share this one with you. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I don't know what the best word in Romans 8, 1 is, but we, we got some front runners. How about, no, I love that. How about now? There is therefore now, not later, not once you clean yourself up, mm. not once Jesus returns. There is therefore now. How about this word? No. <laughs> I love that. Not, not less, not uh, a little bit. I think a lot of us feel like, 
yeah, the, the, God doesn't feel enough condemnation to throw me in hell because Jesus saved me, but he does feel enough condemnation to be continually frustrated with me and irritated with me. We all feel that, but Romans 8, 1 will not allow that. No. There is therefore now no, zero, zilch, nada, no condemnation for those who, how, do, how could that end? For those who are sexually pure, mm. for those who have made it a hundred days without a slip up. Nope, mm. nope, 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 none of those. Just for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. So Chris, when you hear things like, um, I can't control, uh, you know, I, I, I can't control who I, who I love. I love mm. who I love. Yeah. I got to be true to myself. Mm. Uh, when you, when you hear that, what do you think? Well, as a Christian, there is a new self. Second Corinthians five says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and behold, the new has come. And so when a Christian says, I need to be true to myself, my question is, what self are you talking about? No, that's so good. The self that, that died, that self, Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live. I no longer live. That self is gone. He died at Calvary in Jesus 33 AD. <laughs> so let's, let's mm-hmm. have the funeral. Let's yep. move past that self. Yep. And let's walk in newness of life. Yeah. The life I now live. I live by faith. I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. That's it. That's, That's pretty it. powerful. That, shouldn't everyone memorize Galatians 2.20? That is one worth memorizing. That is the whole gospel in a single verse. Yeah, yeah, so good. Uh, Pastor Chris Asmus is my guest. We're talking about sexual brokenness today and same-sex attraction. If you have a question for Chris, let me know what it is. 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. We'll be right back. Oh, there's so much sadness and desperation and loneliness, especially at Christmas time. It seems to me that there is almost like a big magnifying glass on the world, and we see problems just magnified, and we see people in their desperate situations almost worse than ever. But there is something we can do about it. And when we think of the story of Jesus, that is the story of hope. And if you have a story to tell, and you can give hope to someone this year, by sharing their story, we want you to do it. You can go do that at MyFaithRadio.com. I encourage you to do it. Welcome to the show, and uh, we're so glad to be meeting Pastor Chris Asmus today. He wrote a really interesting article at DesiringGod.org. I love all my DesiringGod.org uh, folks that come over and uh Chris has wrote an article on longing for intimacy, and we're talking today about sexual brokenness, of which there is lots. And we're talking about promises uh, for same-sex attracted Christians, and the first one was freedom from punishment. And I thought, again, Chris, you bring up uh, Romans 8.1, and again, another verse everybody should memorize. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so let's uh, talk about more of the promises. What else? 
Yeah, so we, we, ha- we are promised in God's word that we have freedom from the punishment mm-hmm. of same-sex attraction and all sexual brokenness. And the, the second one, and it also starts with a P, freedom from power. Freedom from the power of same-sex attraction and all sexual broken. You know, I think with, with as we experience lusts and unwanted sexual temptations, we, we can feel hopeless and helpless to its power. As attractions intensify, temptations deepen, and the desire for um, sexual intimacy that God deems not good can become so potent that it seems nearly impossible to withstand. You know, think of uh, somebody in a temptation towards pornography. That can feel so impossibly potent. Mm-hmm. And yet we have some promises. Um, through the accomplished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, our sexual brokenness no longer has dominion over us. Romans six fourteen. Sin shall have no longer have any dominion over us. So just like when you get a call on your phone, I don't know about you, Bill, but when I get, most of the time I hit decline. I, I'm not someone who often, oh, yeah. in the same I way. I know, because I've called you three times. You hit decline <laughs> all three times. In the same way, when, when temptations call us, when sins call us, when Satan calls out to us, mm-hmm. this is what Satan does not want us to know. This is radical. We don't have to pick up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've always said there's the switchboard in your brain and, yeah. the, and the flesh can answer, can take the call or the spirit can take the call. That's right. I always let the spirit take the call. Yeah. yeah. We really have power to say no. Yes. We, we don't have to be pushed around and bullied by whatever our latest temptation is. Well, that's what salvation did for us. It broke the enslavement of sin in our lives. Right. right. Up until then, we couldn't break it. Yes. Is that right, Pastor? That's exactly right. Okay. So now we have this new power. His name is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. That we can walk no longer in the desires of the flesh, but in the desires of the Spirit. It's mm-hmm. a whole new life. And it's the difference between rowing and sailing. Um, the Spirit now is, a, is a, a force inside of us that makes us do what God wants us to do. Because that Spirit is God. Mm-hmm. So... We have freedom from the punishment of sin. We have freedom from the power of sin. All right. We got to stop here because there's more to talk about on this freedom from the power. Because when you're saying power, I, all, I, I can think of people that would say it's, it's not a power. It's who I am. Yeah, exactly. So you're, you're telling me that I can hit this button and then I'm going to be feeling different because of the power? Yeah. The freedom from this power? Yeah. And who wants to get rid of that? There's a lot of people that say, I have no interest in getting rid of that. Right. And then we are going back to the, the identity issue um, to which I would say, uh, certainly I don't, I'm not saying that. I believe God is saying that. Yeah. Um, it is. And, and I think sometimes as Christians, we don't give enough weight to the fact of following Jesus is death to self. Yes, it is. And if we, if we talk about it like, oh, this is easy street, you know, just a little quarter tweak here and a little twist of a knob here and you're off. That, that, especially with people who have lifelong same-sex attractions mm-hmm. and lifelong sexual brokenness, they can just smell that out from a mile away and say, nah, that doesn't work for me. 
this is so deep. This has been going on as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. And there, when Jesus says, anyone who comes after me must die. Yeah. What if someone says to you, uh, Chris, I hear what you're saying, but this is who I am. And if I have to choose one or the other, I'm choosing my partner and not God. Yeah. I think What's happened? And this is a person who maybe has come to faith in Christ. Yeah. I think... Um, like the rich young ruler who was doing all the things right, and yet there was one thing left in his life that kept him from following Jesus. Um, he walked away. It says, yeah. sad. I know. I'd rather have my money than follow Jesus. That's right. Yep. And I think, I think there's a lot of same-sex attracted uh, Christians or Christians who struggle with same-sex attraction who are following Jesus in so many ways, and yet they have this one idol that still has an ironclad grasp on it. And Jesus is saying, you've done well, you followed the law, you've followed well. Now leave this so you can come after me. Mm-hmm. Do we first have to understand that uh, homosexuality is a sin? Yes. That's the starting point, isn't it? It absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah. The, the call to repentance is for everyone. Yeah. Right. Amen. Yeah, amen. Um, I love what Sam Albury says. He, uh, he's a pastor down in Nashville. And he reminds us, he writes, ever since I have been open about my experiences with homosexuality, a number of Christians have said something like this. The gospel must be harder for you than it is for me, as though I have more to give up than they do. <laughs> but the fact is that the gospel demands everything out of all of us. If someone thinks the gospel has somehow slotted into their life quite easily without causing any major adjustments to their lifestyle or aspirations, it is likely that they have not really started following Jesus at all. Wow. So, yes, sexual brokenness of all flavors is sin mm-hmm. and must be repented of and, and uh, in order to turn towards Jesus. All right. So we talked about freedom from punishment and freedom from power. Uh, do you think we've covered that well enough? Because the power is, seems to be a really big deal to me. Yeah. Because it's people talk with such intensity about their feelings. This is who I am. Yeah. And so there's power there. There's, there's real power. How there. are you undoing? How are, how are, well, I know how it's undone, but it's a, it's a heavy topic. It is. And the way, uh, I think the next promise is actually how you have this new power. It's a freedom from the pleasure of same-sex attractions. The, the most uh, foundational lie we, we tend to believe, especially people who struggle with same-sex attraction, is that um, the sin will be more pleasurable, more satisfying than what you're experiencing here and now. But God promises that Christ himself is infinitely more pleasurable and satisfying than anything this world has to offer. Uh, Psalm 1611, he says, in my presence, there is fullness of joy. At my right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so our homosexual attractions, they, they actually may stem from good desires for intimacy and love, but sin has so contorted them. It's kind of like, have you ever gone to a, a carnival and you see a funny mirror mm-hmm. and, and funny mirrors can make, maybe if you're a, a very skinny person, you can look not skinny. Right. And if you're not a not skinny person, you can look, you can look skinny. super skinny. Yep. And, and that's what sin does. That's what our, our broken uh, desires do is it can make things look different. It can make good things look bad 
and it can make bad things look good. And so our our God-given longings for deep, intimate satisfaction can only be fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so how do we how does this power that can seem so consuming and um, make you f- feel rendered powerless? How do we, how does that actually lose its teeth, its grip? I would say um, it's not. We we always we always talk about fighting. I would say it's more about feasting. Someone once said, uh, "If you have a, if you have horses, I don't have horses. Do you have it? No, I don't have any horses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've, I've heard that they are notorious for kicking down fences. Oh, okay. They they're, they're just amazing at either kicking them over, digging under them, jumping over them. So if if you're a farmer, if you have if you want to keep horses in a pasture, you can set up a fence, and that's going to be a a uh, frustrating task. A better task and a better play is pour a big pile of apples in the pasture. The the feast will keep mm, the horses close. Okay. So I would say how do, how does how do these desires lose their power? It's not by going without. It's by refusing to go without. It's not by setting up fences and don't do this and don't do that. It's about a feast. It's about a real living relationship mm. with Jesus Christ. Yeah. That outsatisfies those desires for same sex intimacy. Yeah. So the feast is Jesus. That's exactly right. Yeah. But if Jesus is the one that is most critical of a person's same sex attraction, you have to distance yourself from him. Say that again. Well, I mean, there would be people listening that would say, okay, I'm, I'm same-sex attracted, but Jesus says that what I'm doing is a sin. Mm. But I say, Jesus, you made me this way. Yeah. And therefore, how can you uh, not approve of me because you've made me this way? Mm. That's a great, that's a great, um, it's a real, that's what people feel. And, and we would say, God has made us in, in Genesis 1 and 2, God has made us uh, to desire intimacy. Yes. In Genesis chapter 3, sin comes in. And this happened through our great, 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 great grandparents, Adam and Eve, and has broken. Think of it kind of like a, uh, a collage or a, a mosaic that has been shattered. Now you have lights and, and beams going in all different directions. And it's mm-hmm. just this kind of crazy cocktail of brokenness. Mm. And, and so I would kick against a little bit of the phrase, God has made me this way. I would too. But I would say, God can use this yeah. to draw you to himself. Yeah. I'm really just saying what I've heard people say. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I don't believe it either. Yeah. 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 All right, Pastor Chris Asmus is my guest. We're talking about sexual brokenness today and same-sex attraction. If you have a question or comment for Chris, let me know, 877-933-2484. Comment came in, uh, Chris, the prevalence of men with same-sex attraction, is it the same inside and outside of the church? Yeah. Would you say yes? I I would sure think so. Okay. Yeah. Because people are people, right? People are people. Yeah. And I have been... um, Shocked, I think is the word. Shocked at the amount of men who are 
whether they're single, they're married to a woman, um, who have experienced these these disordered desires mm-hmm. and have come forward and said, hey, I didn't know I, I was allowed to talk about this. Mm, interesting. And um, yeah, so I, I think it is as prevalent in the church as it is outside. All right. Again, 877-933-2484. We'll be right back with Chris in a minute. you just jumped in the car and you're heading home, you, uh, my guest today is Pastor Chris Asmus, and we're talking about sexual brokenness today, so you, that is the topic, and we are taking uh, any kind of questions you have for Chris, um, primarily the topic today is same-sex attraction, and we're, we talked about freedom from punishment and freedom from power of sin, and we touched a little bit on the freedom from pleasure. And you said in your article at Desiring God, your body, including its attractions and longings for sin, will one day be finally and fully redeemed. I look forward to that day, Chris. Me too. Yeah. Um, but the idea that we are so hardwired for pleasure, the, bra- the pleasure center in our brain is is uh, pretty insanely wired, yeah, right? it is. So if we think that we're, we want to be pursuing a certain relationship or something sinful um and our brains are telling us i i i can't not do this that's right yeah the reality is sin feels good yes it does <laughs> and it's disingenuous to say anything other there's a there's a reason why billions and billions of people uh say yes to sexual temptations and sexual sins because yeah. it feels good and i want to say as a christian but but something else feels better. Amen. A relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, fighting your sexual brokenness, your lusts, uh, your temptations, that's only the beginning. The true work of following Jesus is not just fighting that brokenness, but fulfilling it ultimately and completely. Our longings by nature will not give us peace until they are fulfilled. And it's our duty and delight every day to let them be fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Psalm uh, 107 verse 9 says, He will satisfy the longing soul and fill it with good things. He wants to satisfy our hearts. Mm-hmm. So we, we want to give ourselves completely to satisfying our longings for intimacy, not in mortal men or women, but in the immortal man, Christ Jesus. I I love what John Piper says. He says, theology can conquer biology. And and what I have found, the best thing and the only thing that I have found to fight against my same-sex attractions and all my sexual brokenness is rolling out of bed with one main purpose, to fall in love with Jesus Christ. Mm Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's great. Chris, when we talk about the desires for intimacy and love, you know, we look at the, the world today and the, the epidemic of loneliness. Uh, there is such an outcry of people feeling isolated, feeling lonely, feeling maybe even a little panicked hmm. about what, who will I be with who will love me? 
who can I spend time with? Yeah. So there's, there's all kinds of uh, high-risk activities that can happen yeah. as a result of that. And, and that, Bill, I think that is the heart of it, isn't it? Loneliness. I think, yeah. And you want fulfillment. And you see, you see going down this road as what's going to be fulfilling. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's how I'm wired. It's how God made me. And this is what people say. And so you're really up against uh, a lot. Right. And yet, isn't it just mind-blowing that, okay, if, if longing, if loneliness is the, the center there, that's the core, mm-hmm. that God is not a force, it's not some higher power, but a person. Our hearts, Augustine said, our, our hearts are restless mm-hmm. until they find satisfaction in him. We were made for a person. So of course we're lonely when we're not walking in real intimacy with that person, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Chris, doesn't it seem when it comes to sin and temptation, A, God will always give you an, an exit ramp, Yes, right? He'll always do that. Yes. That's a promise. Yep. But I always think that it, isn't it better it be hard and right than hard and wrong? Hmm. But then shut out for me. Um, when you are making a decision where you think I, I'm probably not following Christ in this moment. Um, it, it, you might think this is hard, this is hard. Um, but, and I'm not going to make the right decision, mm. but if you make the wrong decision, you're still going to be in, still going to be hard Yeah, because you're going to pay the consequences of sin and disobedience. Oh, that's a profound thought. Well said. Well, I, I'm entitled to one every 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Following Jesus is hard. The only thing harder is not following it, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, maybe that's kind of what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know, so it's better it'd be hard and right than hard and wrong. Well said. If well. you disobey and, and, and choose uh, a lifestyle that is um, in disobedient to God's will, yeah, there will be pain and suffering. Right. Period. Period. And there'll be pain and suffering in all areas of life, right? Let's not mm. sugarcoat this. I mean, there are a lot of marriages that have difficulties because mm-hmm. life is hard. That's right. But we have... We, we have Christ to walk us through everything. Right, right. So I would say to the listener, listen to your lusts. They are actually calling out for somebody, Jesus. And, and instead, if it, at risk of this sounding very theoretical and theological, this means we roll out of bed every day and we seek the Lord, we seek Jesus in in and through the normal things of everyday life. So for me, I I want to I want to read books that blow my hair back. Which you have a nice head of hair to blow back too. <laughs> I'm talking bright, beautiful, yeah. brilliant books that that make these little dark uh, sexual fantasies just fade into the shadow of boring irrelevance oh, against so the good. backdrop of the glory of God. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if we could hit a button that that uh, made us hate sin, would we push it? Yes. And I would hope the answer is yes. Yes. Right? Shouldn't we, as believers, hate sin? Oh, we should hate it. Yeah. If we're if we're concerned about personal holiness, we should be hating sin. Uh, that's a, that's your second profound thought. Oh no, that's. Oh. <laughs> if there is a if there's a listener and you are feeling racked with guilt, and you have been so beaten up with. 
failure after failure in, in this category of sexual purity. And maybe you're even coming to the place to say, I don't even know if I'm a Christian. What Bill just said, if there was a button somewhere on planet earth where you could hop on a plane, go push it and never sin again, would you get on that plane? Mm. And if your answer is, yeah, I would get on that plane. I would pay whatever it costs to get on that plane and go hit that button. I just want to say that is evidence that the Holy Spirit is in your heart and you are saved. Mm -hmm. Pastor Chris Asmus is my guest. Uh, We're talking about sexual brokenness today and same-sex attraction. And I've heard people, Chris, say, and maybe you have as well, and maybe this has been an experience, that they say no one would want to be born this way. No one would want to have these feelings. And I prayed this would not be my reality. And I I asked God to remove this. Um, and then they that that's that's what they say. And then they turn around and later say, This is how God made me. Yeah. So Yeah. I I understand that. Yeah. Listener said, my son is same-sex attracted, and I've tried to tell him about Jesus, and he is obviously not interested. I want to explain what you've talked about today, and I sometimes worry that he will feel utterly hopeless caught in the middle of his desires and God. Mm. Should we worry as parents about him wanting to harm himself, or do I simply trust God? Oh. Well, I feel deeply for that mother. Um We trust God and we care deeply. That, that sense of hopelessness could be the very means God is using to bring him back to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And as a parent, it is, I'm, I have three children. Um, as a parent, it is so hard to watch your child suffer, especially when that suffering is a self-imposed suffering. Mm-hmm. I think of the prodigal son and the father letting, just knowing that he's out there doing what he's doing, how difficult it was for the, the father to not go and get him, mm-hmm. go find him in that pig slop. And yet I think there's a trust in the Lord that he was embodying. I'm here. I'm watching. I'm waiting. I'm praying. And when he comes, and let's just believe that by faith, let's pray and believe that by faith. When I see his head crest the hill and my son is coming back, I'm running and we're going to throw a party. Mm. And I'm not going to give you a cold shoulder or an I told you so. Yeah. I'm going to say, let's party for what has been lost has been found. Yeah. Chris Asmus is my guest. We're going to take a little break. If you have a question or comment for Chris, you can let me know what it is by texting it over. Can of course remain anonymous. 877-933-2484. We'll be right back. Hi there and welcome. If you are a new listener, we want to officially welcome you with a free welcome packet gift. Request yours today at myfaithradio.com. I'm back with Pastor Chris Asmus. We're talking about sexual brokenness today, and you're handling this beautifully, Chris. I got to say, this is a difficult topic, and same-sex attraction for Christians who are struggling with it. Um, you're not defined uh, by your uh, sexuality, are you? No, 
You are absolutely not. You are defined by the accomplished work of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So if somebody struggles with a uh, same-sex attraction, and but they're remaining celibate, my, my, my initial thought would be, well, you're doing good. You're fighting the fight, right? That's right. But if your thoughts are that what I'm fighting is a, a sinful thought, um, the very presence of the thought would be sinful in itself, wouldn't it? It would. Okay. Yep. But that just that goes into the the broken sexual pot, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that would be part of. I think the Romans eight talks about how all of creation is groaning. Yes. This whole thing is broken, and we feel it deeply. Mm-hmm. And we all feel it differently, but we all feel it deeply. Mm-hmm. And so, I think a good question is, what is God doing in that? You know what? What is God doing in these unwanted? sexual desires, whether they be homosexual desires or heterosexual desires, it's still for people who you're not married to. What is God doing in that? Yeah. And I, I have a vision of a big sovereign God. I don't believe anything is coincidence. I believe everything is providence. And John Newton, the old hymn writer, guy Mm -hmm. who wrote Amazing Grace, wrote a lot on what is God doing with the remaining sin, indwelling sin? Why doesn't God just say, you're saved, no sin, you just hang out there and I'll come, I'll come back for you. Why does he allow us to continue living all these years with all these unwanted things inside of us? And he, he makes several cases. One is, is to sense the sustaining grace of God. He said that uh, it, it's, it's kind of like um, our, our lives are, are like a spark burning in water. And every time we wake up and that spark is still burning, meaning that faith is still burning, it makes us marvel at God. He, he says one of the reasons why we were allowed by God to continue to struggle with these things is to feel the, the cross's victory. Um, the Christian who experiences same-sex attraction cannot talk of sin in merely spiritual terms. Same-sex attraction forces us to have a profoundly physical experience with sin's power, which means for the Christian, a profoundly physical experience with the power of the cross. The cross of of Christ transforms same-sex attraction from a dungeon of darkness to a trampoline of triumph. (laughs) I like that. Through through his accomplished work on the cross, uh, same-sex attraction no longer has a binding force, but a bouncing force. It's now an actual physical experience to go Godward and cling and worship Christ. So every time you, f- you feel the, that low lingering effect of same-sex attraction, we can let those actually, we can, this is, this is the great checkmate. This is, this is the Satan, I'm just going to rub your face in this. Mm-hmm. Every time you feel that, you can allow that not to be a binding force, but a bouncing force to say, hey, the sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives me victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. First mm-hmm. Corinthians 15. So good. So Chris, when you have conversations with younger people, I know this, the generations below, what generation are you? I'm a, I guess I'm a millennial. You're a millennial. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about your generation and the one below that one, which would be what? Gen Z, I believe. Gen Z. Yeah. All right. I don't even know what why it is. <laughs> this came up the other day and I didn't know what I was either. Have you so figured it out? I think I'm just on the tail end of millennial. 
Okay. But I don't know for sure. So. Yeah. We'll figure it out by Monday, and I'll have a raise for you. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, not, a, big one. not, not like. a big one, but I want to incentivize. <laughs> so when you're talking to that group, um, I think there's, maybe it's just my observation, Chris, help me on this, but there seems to be uh, more sexual confusion mm-hmm. in that in the younger group because of everything they've been exposed to through the internet and everything else. I don't know. Yeah. If I'm wrong, say so. You're absolutely not wrong. Okay. It, it, what What used to be, I mean, even when I was in high school, which was only... 15 years ago, um, it was still a very taboo thing to, to be gay or to say you were gay or struggling with same-sex attraction. Yeah, not anymore. Not anymore. I would say it's more shame-inducing to say you are heterosexual today yeah. and straight. <laughs> there's, a, there's a parade ready to celebrate you for whatever flavor That's of your right. sexual brokenness there That's is. That's right. And that is a, a devastatingly dangerous allure for young people yeah. because young people want to be in, right? They do. So how do we as the church, um, and this is a, a question, I don't have the answer. How do we say there, there's a greater celebration over holiness? Yeah, Always. You, yes. Always. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and and uh, um, yeah, I mean, how would, how would you answer that? How do we help celebrate Young people pursuing holiness. As a pastor, that's a big question on my mind. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think that when you try to look at the big picture, and if you can do that at, at a younger age, you're way ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. To be able to say, I'm a, I'm a citizen of another kingdom. Yeah, um, I'm passing through. Whatever pleasures I may or may not have in this life are inconsequential in light of eternity. Yeah, and I know I'm in a sinful body with broken desires, and I want to live for Christ. Mm. Okay, so uh, help me. Yeah, right. Exactly. All right. Um. So, what would you say? Your turn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we we need to stop preaching a bankrupt vision of the gospel, where it's all right. Yeah, you Satan wants wants you to have all kinds of fun and Jesus doesn't want you to have fun and so just say no to everything you want to do and just do what you don't want to do. That is not the gospel. No, it's not at all. Instead, we need to we need to preach and teach and live lives that that embody, hey, we're not the impoverished ones. Yeah. We have Jesus. Amen. We're walking in intimacy with our creator. The culture are the ones who are going without. Mm-hmm. We're the ones who are feasting. Yeah, yeah. I like that. All right, Chris, question from a listener. So what are we supposed to do and say to our homosexual friends that attend a Lutheran or Methodist church where homosexuality is not just welcome, but fully accepted? Mm. They do not feel they're living in sin. So how do I argue that their church is wrong and not biblical? Is this even my place to discuss with them? Mm. Well, I think there's a there's a... Time to be polite, and when we're de- dealing with heresy, we push politeness aside. Okay, we see that in Galatians. Um, if anyone preaches to you, Galatians one eight. If anyone preaches to you another gospel, let them be accursed. I know. I mean, that's not a polite word. Oh, not at all. I mean, Paul comes out swinging in Galatians. That's right. I read that this morning. Yeah. So I think we have precedent as Christians to say 
when we're dealing with those who are preaching a gospel contrary to the one we have received in the scriptures, we use strong language. And we say that church, brother or sister, is leading you astray. They are preaching a false gospel. And I care for you. And so could we talk about this? Can I just open up some scriptures with you and show you not what that pastor says, but what God says in this book? And And in those moments, we can't let, am I being perceived as nice, be the ruler or the governor of that conversation? Instead, we need to be people of the truth who say, this might feel like it's harm, but I'm saying this in love because I care for you. Mm-hmm. Those are definitely hard conversations that take courage and there could be uh, fallout from that. Yeah, yeah. And I always would say, how do we play the, the long game with people that we care about and oh, love? That is wise. Well, I'm just, how do you speak the truth in love and then stay in the long game with them? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I know how to do that. I think a lot of times, especially if, if maybe this is your child who's struggling with this, uh, we, f- we feel a tendency of, okay, if I love them, am I somehow condoning their behavior? Mm-hmm. And I would just encourage you to, um, if you've been open with your faith, your child or that person in your life who's in maybe a homosexual relationship, they know what you believe. And they know what, what God says. They're just living an outright rebellion of that. So to your point, Bill, to play the long game to say, okay, so I can love you then without every time loving you having to say, but just so you know, this isn't me condoning your behavior. Right. Um, no, you just stay in their lives. You keep a, it's called the ministry of presence. You just mm-hmm. be a presence in their life. And God willing, after you have prayed and prayed and prayed, and after they have found that this oasis that they thought was going to bring ultimate satisfaction to their life is actually a mirage. There, there's not ultimate fulfillment in a homosexual relationship. They will come to you. Awesome. Pastor Chris Asmus has been my, my guest. If you want to hear more about uh, his article, Longing for Intimacy, you can go to desiringgod.org and you can uh, just search the article, uh, Christopher Asmus, A-S-M-U-S. We're going to take a little break and be right back with Hour 2. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.